0: everybody, welcome to the free agency Price is Right. My name is Taylor Gibson. Joining me as always is my esteemed co-host, Mr. Tim Jancy. Tim, welcome to the show.
1: It's good, good. How's it going? And I know this isn't a video podcast, but I can't help but notice the Vancouver Grizzlies hoodie. What's going on?
0: Well, you know what's funny? So I came back from my walk and I didn't have time to shower and everything. Because I got back, I was chatting with Katrina when she got home, so I was just like, ah, crap, I don't want to wear, like, my sweaty shirt that I was wearing. So I just took it off and found my Grizzlies hoodie.
1: Oh, so it's the backup shirt.
0: Backup shirt. Now, keep in mind, okay, so you're seeing the hoodie. Okay, look how short that is on me, by the way.
1: When did you buy it?
0: I didn't. My sister bought me this for Christmas, like, last year.
1: Oh. Oh.
0: You know what it is? It's one of those Winners. It's one of those Winners hoodies. You know when you go to Winners or one of those sort of stores and there's described audio? Tim is shaking his head at screen. No. Okay, so Winners is like, obviously you know what Winners is. It's, yeah. I've bought in shirts from them in the past and they're always too small.
1: I don't think I've ever bought anything from a Winners
0: sometimes you get some okay stuff but honestly i've never really found their clothing to be that good
1: well it's like it's mostly like stuff bought from other
0: people yeah pretty much it's like that episode of the simpsons where marge gets like the really expensive Versace pink dress yeah yeah it's kind of like a store like that
1: that's fair that's fair yeah
0: you know i just realized that's actually a really good comparison to winners <laughs> so off topic, like was your family more of like a Hudson's Bay sort of shopper Yeah. Or like... Yeah, see, I could I could see that. Honestly, I don't see your mom and dad actually going to like Walmart or Zellers when that was open. Well, I I guess they are technically open again, but yeah. You know what? It's funny because Katrina and I were talking about this the other day. It's like my family never really shopped at the bay. Like occasionally we went there, but I think it's because my mom was like I'm not paying this price. Pretty much. Yeah. So, Tim, like I said, right off the top, I'm very excited to get to, to get to go for today's episode. It's our 2023 free agency, prices Right.
1: And uh, I realized that, like, literally the day after, I'm like, Ate, I've got a bit for this. It's going to be great. That the bit is terrible, but we're stuck with it. Because I didn't write any... I didn't write up a backup plan just in case my bit wasn't good. That's how much I believed in this bit.
0: Okay. Now, do you want to tell us what the bit is? or do you No.
1: Want- you're going to find out. You'll probably figure out by the first or second. And it's just going to be awful.
0: Okay. Okay, because usually when it comes to bits, stuff like this, it's usually me that comes up with the terrible ones. So I'm very happy to see that after seven seasons... Well, I guess coming into our seventh season, that you're now embracing the chaos, Tim.
1: Yeah. Have we had a Tim bit on? No, there is one terrible bit that I came up with.
0: Oh, God.
1: Remember the hockey anime? Yes. Pride of Orange. I had to watch. The worst part is, is I had to give that half an hour of my week every week for 13 weeks.
0: What was the what was the best part of that? The fact that you talked about it every week, or the fact I called it agent? What was it agent agent orange?
1: orange for like a while
0: until you're like Tay? Do you have any idea what agent orange is? Yeah, it's an anime, right? No, the pride is pride of orange. Agent orange is what they used in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's just awkward way she goes Fuck way she goes boys now side note here because you did notice the vancouver grizzlies hoodie which by the way i love the colors something came for me in the mail this week and i want i haven't posted anything on social media about it but i do want to share it with our listeners and Tim, as long as you've known me you've known that there's a specific sense jersey that i love I finally got the Black Son of Yeah, it's a good jersey. It is a good jersey, man. I love this jersey. After all these almost 20 years, I finally have it.
1: No, it's a good jersey.
0: Yeah. I don't good jersey.
1: That... I don't know how my one. parents found one back in the day, you know?
0: Right. And that was a big, those are like, those are so hard to find. I've never seen, I've seen them in the wild going to games, but I've never seen it in stores. The only ones I've ever seen were the red the red swoosh and I've seen the SNES like once.
1: Yeah, well, it's just it's easier to get the alternate jerseys now that we can just order them online. But yeah, back in the day, I have no idea how my parents got one.
0: I know. And like I said, that's the one jersey that... I was so jealous that you had one and I didn't. And for almost 20 years, I really, really wanted one. And I mentioned on the show, Yeah. I found on eBay during the COVID lockdown, a Marion Hosa one. And I was like, I want it, but I don't know if I should buy one. And I totally missed out on it. And I've been kicking myself ever since. So I'm glad I finally got the...
1: What was the price on it?
0: I can't remember. It was like top hundred bucks, like two, three hundred dollars. It's not too bad. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. I got one. It makes me happy. Now, speaking of the Ottawa Senators, Tim, we've got some Ottawa Senators news that we need to talk about now. Should we jump right into it or should we wait till later on after our free agency stories? Let's just get it done. All right. So I think, as everybody knows by now, the big news story involving the Ottawa Senators happened yesterday. Alex Dabrinkit traded to the Detroit Red Wings for Dominic Kubelik, Donovan Sabrango, a conditional 2024 first-round pick, and a 2024 fourth.
1: It is what it is. It's funny because we turned a seventh overall and a second-round pick into a year of Alex Dabrinkit, what will probably be a middling 1st Dominic Kubelik, who's just kind of like, eh, and what people are saying is a reasonable prospect and a fourth, like could have been better, could have been worse.
0: Yeah. And that's where a lot of people on social media were talking about. I know even on the third line plug threads account, which also, by the way, third line plug is now on threads. Whoa. I know. I know that you're not on threads yet, but I'll tell you, I've only been on there a couple of days. L- much more positive than Twitter.
1: Hmm. Might have to hop over then. Yeah, I, I think... have the app sitting on my phone. I just haven't logged in.
0: I know. I think we almost have like 40 followers right now on that account. So, Oh, neat. It is pretty neat. Now, we're talking about the Debrinket trade. I think that's where a lot of people were, was yeah, it kind of is what it is. Because, honestly, we knew that he wasn't going to stay long-term. I think what really pissed off a lot of fans is that he just openly came out and said, yeah, I didn't want to be in Ottawa.
1: Yeah. And then the annoying thing is, is that
0: he goes and kind he
1: does sign a bit of a sweetheart deal in uh, Detroit. He does.
0: He does, but he, and I, I know that you're more of an economist guy than I am, Tim, because that deal in Canadian, that's like what, Almost eleven million dollars per year.
1: Yeah, about that. It's nice money, obviously, but at the same time, it's just gonna—it's just kind of frustrating to see that. But uh, you know what? It's—it is nicer that we knew now, so that we could trade them instead of just watching them walk out of Johnny Goudreau or uh, John Tavares. So, like, admittedly, at least we didn't just lose them for nothing.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where I, th- I know some people were really waiting on that shoe to drop that, Oh yeah. We were just going to lose him for nothing. But you know what, for me, I am very much in the boat of we had him for a year. We, he obviously didn't work out really here. Not so much from a point standpoint, from a stats standpoint, but the fact is like his play style didn't mesh with Ottawa's. But for me, you know what? I think that money that we were going to be paying them, quite honestly, could have been used a lot smarter. And I know right now, I think news, I think Gary Ock broke it this morning that there's already going to be talks with Jake Satterson on a new deal.
1: Yeah. And it's nice because Ottawa gets a, a bunch of money back next year because Murray, Delzado, and Bobby Ryan all come off the books.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be a lot of money off the books right there. And I do want to talk about Dominic D- Kubalik real quick here, Tim, because, you know, I know that some people were at first kind of mixed on it. Honestly, I don't think this is a bad pickup for us. We get a mid-top-six player. He's proven he can score. And the nice thing is, is that, I mean, he scored 20 goals on a team that had like a Dylan Larkin and some of those kind of players. Imagine him on a roster with Claude Giroux, Stutzla, Josh Norris. Like, I think he, twenty twenty five 25 bull is not out of the question for him next year. It's always
1: tough kind of projecting out how people will fit and how they won't. Uh, the one nice thing is Dominic Kublik does seem to have a decent ability to set up a play too, so maybe he meshes well with Pinto. Or Josh, or Josh Norris, depending on his first, second, or third line, and Ottawa does have a, a nice set of duos in its in its top nine. So if Donovan Kubelik can fit into any of those, then uh, yeah, we're very happy about that.
0: I know I'm very happy about it, and I do want to get your your thoughts on one thing here, Tim, because I did see somebody on social media. I'm not sure if it was in one of the threads that I'm in on Twitter or it was just on Twitter in general. Somebody said that the Alex Dobrinkit trade in a way is Danny Heatley 2.0.
1: I don't think it's quite as acrimonious.
0: Yeah, and I don't necessarily – I think it's an interesting point. I don't agree with that because I think if it was the Senators had a trade in place with another team and Alex Dobrinkit came out of nowhere and says, I'm not going there. Yeah. And that's something we've talked about in the past with Danny Heatley. It's think of what we could have gotten back if he had gone to Edmonton. Essentially, what the Oilers got for Pronger, we would have got for Heatley.
1: Imagine us getting Alice Hemsky five years earlier. Like, imagine how different those early early 2000s sends would have been. Although it's like, it's tough because, like, Alice Hemsky versus Milan McCulloch exactly I was like what's weird is I'm not sure that at the end of the day Ottawa might have like for those two seasons yeah sure not having Danny Heatley suck and San Jose won the, sh- the trade but like over the long run I, Ottawa might have actually won that trade which is very bizarre just the way that Danny Heatley fell off a cliff
0: true but I do think for myself when looking at Danny Heatley and McCulloch I think it was if good trade for both sides. Danny Healy got a fresh start in San Jose. Malam McCulloch, like like when he was healthy, was very good.
1: Oh yeah, he was
0: incredible. He really was. And one comment I do have about Donovan Sabrango is, and I know that you did mention that he seemed to be a pretty good prospect. He's also a local boy from Ottawa.
1: Yeah. And uh, from what I've been kind of been reading, it looks like he is someone who could very easily get it onto an NHL roster if uh the offensive side comes a little bit comes on a little bit more because it sounds that uh he has the potential.
0: Yeah, I think for me it's gonna be a big thing as whether or not he makes the Sens roster. Because you look at our defense right now, where you have Shabbat, Chikrin, Zoob, you've got on the left side, of you, you've got Brandstrom, either Jacob Bernard Darker and or Lassie Thompson coming up. And you might have another like a Tyler Clevin coming up. So who do you beat out, out of that?
1: That's true.
0: So yeah, I mean it does suck of trading to brink end, but you know what? To be honest, I'm I'm glad that it's over. Just so because the Discord on Twitter was just getting way too out of hand.
1: Yeah, I just hope they don't go and throw a bunch of money at Tarasenko. Or if they do, he's not washed.
0: Okay, so I want to give you your thoughts on Tarasenko. Like, say, what if Ottawa goes after him? Like, what would be the cap hit that you would be comfortable with? I
1: I don't know. Because the hard thing is, is he's just not the play driver that he used to be. And he's definitely a defensive line he's the defensive liability. He's always been mm-hmm. Uh, part of me wonders. Like I'm worried that he'll get some, I hope he doesn't get like that seven and a half million that he had mm-hmm. in St. Louis uh, that New York did only have to pay half of, like, I guess if they did bring him in, if there was a way to bring him in under like under 3 million. And the fact that he's fired his agent twice And he still hasn't been signed. Leads me to think that the market's not very strong for him. So if Dorian does decide to bring in Tarasenko, it might be on a deal.
0: Now, excluding Tarasenko, who would you like to see Ottawa go after?
1: That's still left?
0: Yes. I've, I've heard a few guys. I've heard Thomas Tatar. I've heard fans want to go after him. But there's just a couple of guys where it's like, I don't know if the need is really there. It'd be nice. It'd be kind of cool to get Tarasenko because he, you know, of what he's done in St. Louis and whatever. But for me, it's, those are spots that you look at the makeup of the roster and the centers have done very well at drafting and developing their own players. And with a healthy Josh Norris, it's going to be, where does Tarasenko fit?
1: Yeah. Well, I think Tatar would be a better fit. Because he's a playmaking winger.
0: And he's got a cool name, so.
1: And he's got cool, like, yeah, playmaking winger, cool name. And I think he would fit quite nicely on a second or third line in Ottawa. And at, like, three to four million, could work.
0: Now, speaking about players with cool names, Tim, we got to talk about a couple of signings. Starting off, the Ottawa Senators got their goalie. Jonas Corpusalo signs a five year $20 million contract with an AAV of $4 million.
1: This is a risky signing. And the question is, is which Corpusalo do we see? Do we see the Corpus Allo that thrived early in his somewhat early in his career in Columbus and LA, or do we see the one that just really struggled for a long time in Columbus? If it's the one that thrived, then we're off to the races. Yeah, like if we're getting the guy who can uh play six overtimes then uh yeah likes like dandy
0: it is dandy and you're absolutely right i am kind of worried about which corpusalo we got but the nice thing is like when he got traded from columbus to la in the short sample size of him as a king you could definitely tell like he was still pretty good it was just gonna be a matter of Who's going to get him on the market?
1: What's weird with Corpizalo, though, is he was just very good last year. Even with Columbus, despite Columbus just...
0: Being Columbus.
1: Not giving him anything to work with. Yeah. So, like, if we get... And, like, what's weird is, like, he was very good kind of at the end of 2019-2020. Then it was two year. Two years when he was kind of splitting work with Elvis Merzlikens, it wasn't really working and then all of a sudden it just kind of started to switch but it started to get better as 2021 2022 kind of came to a close and then all of a sudden like it flips again so who knows maybe it was just something weird in the bubble year
0: maybe i'm i'm not too sure but i do think Corpasalo is going to be a good signing i know a lot of people were very critical of the term that he got yeah,
1: five years, even four million—not a bad number. Five yep. years is long.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly how I felt. It was a good number, not a great term. Now, on the flip side, there are some goaltenders on the market right now, like a Jarmy Swayman. I know like he's in free, not free agency. He's in um he's in arbitration, arbitration, yeah. arbitration with the Bruins. There's a couple of other goalies right now. Had Ottawa not gone after Salo, like, who who do you think they would, could have gone after? Because it's a matter of, like, if they'd gone after Klayman, who have
1: It was such Clayman, a thin market, too, right? Yeah. Like, Korpisalo might have been the best goalie on the market. Because, like, yeah, all the other ones went to arbitration. And the other ones, like, well, I guess there's... Tr- I guess you can trade for Hellebuck, but that's also quite risky.
0: But he's also come out and said he's not going to play for a Canadian team.
1: Yeah, that too. Well, that's your, that's a stupid risk, right? But yeah, as far as signings go, there wasn't really a lot of goaltenders. And all of a sudden, something that was Ottawa's strength just became a weakness, especially with uh, Anton Forsberg, who looked like he was, he became a legitimate starter. He, who knows if he even plays again?
0: Yeah. And Cam Talbot, he didn't pan out. Our goaltending prospects are still raw. I I know a lot of people really want to hang shit on Philip Gustafson going to Minnesota. But the thing is, if you look back at his final season as a senator. That was rough. He was rough and he wasn't. He was the the last guy that I would have thought. that He's like, oh yeah, he's going to be a starter.
1: But what's funny though is look how much trouble Minnesota is having with him right now. And if he regret, like if he's an on-again, off-again type goaltender, that's going to be a problem with a team that has uh, like $10 million in dead cap.
0: Yeah, and I know that, talking about Minnesota, I know a lot of people want to say that Anaheim's a very cursed, unlucky franchise. Do you think that's technically Minnesota really is that team?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, it just seemed like everything they... Tr- Everything they tried just didn't end up working. Yeah, And by almost no fault of their own. Although what's so funny is like the suitor and Parise Parise contracts they were the only ones that didn't get like a cap recapture for those stupid long bullshit contracts mm-hmm. but man are they going to be paying for a, con- a bunch of contracts that I think out of those long ones the only one that really worked out was the Ovechkin one.
0: Yeah, but I think when you look at some of those contracts handed out, the Rick DiPietro one, I think you could make a legit argument that was stupid right from the beginning because of his health. The yep. uh, Colvichuk one, I don't think a lot of people, I don't think anybody really saw him just up and quitting and going back to the KHL.
1: The Luongo one was dumb. The guy was already 30. The Weber one, guess is fine. It's just been buried. Yeah. Uh Parise and Suter. Well, they got bought out.
0: Yeah, I think that's gonna be a a time in the NHL that I think people are really gonna look back and examine whether really that was an actually a good idea or not. Because at the time actually, you know what? Even at the time it seemed like a very risky, dumb move. And I think the NHL did a great job by saying, no, we're capping it in eight years. Yeah. Well, I think it's
1: it's obviously so short-term. Yeah. And I can see it, like it's obviously anti-competitive. That favors, I don't want to say big market teams, but teams that have very deep pockets that would be willing to compete now, now, mm-hmm. and then just be crap and not even rebuild
0: yeah it's the nba mindset of super teams and having a luxury tax and i i know a lot of people have always argued with the soft cap in the nhl i think you single handedly are going to just destroy the league doing this because <laughs> well what good does that do now you have what two three teams that are super teams that buys everybody and the rest are fucked
1: yeah i've never like. Never been a big fan of the soup like the soft cap because, yeah, you get super teams, yeah. And like, I don't want to watch the Celtics versus the Warriors every year, so that's why it was legitimately nice when the Sacramento Kings looked like they were on a roll,
0: yeah. Or hell, we're Canadian. Look at the Raptors of 2019, they legit all they did was bring Kawhi Leonard, yep, yeah. No, I hate the super team model. Sure, it it does great numbers for the league. I think as a sports fan, I would just be so infuriated. I'd be like, no, this is stupid. This is why the NHL playoffs are the best. And it, when you have a guy like Charles Barkley, who openly says that on the NBA broadcasts.
1: Like on TNT, yeah.
0: Yeah. When he, he says, yeah, the NHL does a better job at it.
1: It's definitely one of the few things where the NHL does have the NBA beat.
0: Yeah, because I mean, hell, look at the lot la- these past playoffs, right? You had Vegas and you had Florida.
1: Well, even look at the Final 4, you also had Dallas and Carolina. Yep. Heck, the teams from the teams from last year's uh, Cup Final weren't even past the second round. Actually, they didn't even make the second round.
0: Nope.
1: And the only real dynastic team we've seen, we've had the Lightning. I And they're the only, like them and the Penguins are the only ones who've gone back to back. And the Lightning's who, the only ones who've made a three-peat appearance in the finals. Because I don't even really count Chicago as a dynasty. Really? No, they didn't win any consecutive Cups.
0: True, but when you win three cups in six years, though.
1: Right, but then it was like, win a cup, lose to Vancouver in round one. Win another cup, scrub out a bit, win a cup, right? It's It wasn't, like, consistently dominant in the same way that Pittsburgh and the Lightning were.
0: I guess and I think you have
1: to go back-to-back to, back to be a dynasty.
0: Hmm, okay. I I do see your thinking, but I still would include the Blackhawks just because of the post-lockout era. They really were, like, the first. Well, I shouldn't even say the first night because, like I said, Pittsburgh won back-to-back.
1: Hell, Pittsburgh did back-to-back finals. and Twice. Twice, and Chicago never did that. No. Detroit did it, too.
0: It is true, but I also think um, with the Blackhawks, to me personally, I think that really goes to show just how strong and dominant the Western Conference really was of that era.
1: Right. But then.
0: Not taking anything away from Pittsburgh and Tampa, but.
1: Yeah, but it's like, it just wasn't a, doesn't seem like a dynasty if they didn't have dominance over their division, right?
0: Well, I think the division. I think the Blackhawks. I think did dominate that one. It was just oh, central, itself. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it just I get a good giggle out of. Blackhawks won Stanley Cup final, lost conference quarterfinals, lost, lost conference quarterfinals, one cup, lost conference finals, one cup, lost first round, lost first round.
0: One of those years, by the way, we have to include they lost to Phoenix.
1: Yeah, like you can't be a dynasty if you're losing to the Coyotes. So, yeah, 2011-2012 they lost to the Coyotes.
0: Yeah, that was that was tough. All right, so let's go back to talk about some sense signings, Tim. Now, <clears throat> we do have four signings to talk about here, low risk, solid signings though. Eric re resigned to a 1-year, $2 million contract.
1: Honestly, it's a Last year was definitely the prove me this is a real contract and uh we'll see what Ottawa does with Branstrom and how he continues to grow because he is definitely he's gotten better each year and uh, he's now he is definitely a full-time NHL player and does somewhat like at least in his uh, kind of his second pairing role probably one of the better NHL defensemen in that role. We're talking about someone who's in the about the seventy fifth percentile of defenders, according to uh, Hockey Viz, as far as uh, x goals per expected goals on creating them and def- and defending them. His setup is pretty good, and even his finishing has started to come back from that ungodly drought. Like, here's the thing: if you could be a defender and you can get a more than a league minimum contract after going literally a year and a half without scoring a goal you're doing something right and like if you haven't been just shunted down to the AHL without scoring a goal you're doing something
0: yeah you're either doing something right or you've got pictures of the coach
1: yeah and I think for Branstrom who played 74 games last season he was doing something right
0: He was, and it's nice to see, because I know that we've talked about this on the show, that DJ Smith has never been a Branstrom fan.
1: Although what's interesting is you could see last season just he was starting to the last two seasons he was starting to trust Branstrom more and more, and uh, the ice time went up commensurately. And uh, if Branstrom moves to his uh, moves to the right side and gets to play with like Shikran or Sanderson, that's going to be a nice pairing.
0: It is going to be a nice pairing. Now, I do want to bring up one comment here that, again, somebody on social media was making because of the defensive prospects that we have potentially come up, like a Clevin, Bernard Ocker, Thompson. If this somehow squeezes Branstrom out, would you be comfortable moving him to a forward? Here's the thing
1: I would sooner trade Thompson. Or Bernard Docker. Remember, Brandstrom is the same age as they are. I think I would rather keep Brandstrom.
0: Yeah, I, I like Brandstrom. I know for me in like the very short sample size, I do like Bernard Docker. I think for me I'm still I'm not convinced about Lassie Thompson. I know that he's a guy I pumped at the draft when we got him, but he just hasn't done anything to really show that he's gonna be an NHL defenseman.
1: It was weird because last like Season before last, it looked like he was about to make the jump. And then last season, it was just like, nope. Like some, something happened. And it looks like Tyler Clevin might have jumped him on the depth chart.
0: Again, it really goes to show just the patientness and also the scouting of the Senators when it comes to our players. Hmm. Because I don't want to sound like a broken record, but you look at our roster... How many of these guys did we scout, draft, develop and or out of the NHL?
1: Oh, so many. One and thing that I've been...
0: Him, we're not losing any of these guys. No.
1: And I think one thing to kind of really show how just the progress that uh, Branstrom has made, not even Simmer is trying to trade him on Twitter anymore.
0: Yeah. Simmer. By the way, did we comment about Simpson losing his job? at TSN?
1: No, and I guess we shouldn't be uh, surprised that there are more layoffs.
0: Yeah. You know what? I'm honestly at the point with Bell where there's there's a moment from The Simpsons where Mr. Burns takes Barden as a son and he goes, this calls for a celebration. Let's fire some employees. <laughs> That's that moment.
1: yeah pretty much.
0: Yeah. So we're going to talk about another signing, Tim, on the defensive end. Travis Hammondick re signed to a two-year, two year, $2.2 million contract with an AAV 1.1. I honestly thought Hammondick wasn't coming back next season. Like, again, going back to our defensive, I thought like a Bernard Auger, Clevin, Thompson. I thought one of these guys would have taken a spot.
1: Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Hammondick is the seventh defenseman. Yeah. And then uh, you actually do get three nice pairs. You can have Shabbat, Zub, Shikrin, Brant... Sorry, probably Sanderson, Brantstrom, Shikrin, and Bernard Docker. And you play them all 20 minutes a night. Yep. And uh, all of a sudden, Ottawa's back end has no issues whatsoever.
0: Yeah, and the nice thing about Travis Hammond, Tim, and I know that we were very critical at the time when we traded him, or traded for him, sorry, is... Described audio, Tim's lovey wife Chelsea's coming to the <laughs> uh, Talking about Travis Hamannick, like, you know, I was very, I'm okay with this. I, I don't mind this signing. I do like the fact that from what I've heard about this guy is that he does seem like a good guy in the room.
1: He's a good guy in the room. The guy legitimately wants to be in Ottawa. Yeah. And, and what's kind, kind of weird is like, the guy has gotten a lot better compared to his time in Vancouver, which is very weird for a guy over 30.
0: Yeah. I think with Hamannick though, I think if I mean, you heard some of the stories about what he was like in the room at the Isles or the Canucks, it was very questionable him coming into the room. But again, we haven't really heard any stories about him being a bad teammate, being bad in the room. And if he's a seventh defenseman at a mill, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, I know that we've mentioned his name a couple of times here on the show. Jacob Bernard Docker, re signed to a two year, $1.61 million contract on the AAV, 805000 I understand that it's Bernard Docker, but it's, I don't know why I keep calling him Bernard Docker.
1: Is it because of that time I sent you the photo of the Jacob Berger Dogger?
0: Yes. yes that's exactly what it is tim have i did i just did i
1: explain that one on the podcast before
0: i don't think you ever did no i know okay so to me but you never explained it
1: so it's a photo of this time that i had one hot dog sorry i had only hot dog buns but a leftover hot dog and a leftover hamburger so i cut the hamburger in half cut the hot dog in half and put it into the two half hot dog buns and called it the Jacob Burger Dogger.
0: (laughs) Oh, you know what that really seems like? That seems like one of those like cheap ballpark sort of novelty snacks.
1: A burger dogger, yeah.
0: (laughs) A burger dogger. Hey, maybe the senators can do that next season.
1: Yo, if Alex is listening, take it to the chief.
0: No. We go right to the source, my man. Michael and Lauer.
1: Oh, you're right.
0: Got to go to the big dog. Is he
1: on? Is he on Twitter and or Threads?
0: I don't know, but if he is on Threads, hey Michael, you know you can follow us at Threadsline Plug. <laughs> yeah. Now for Jacob Bernard Docker or Bernard Docker, I'm I'm good with this. I think this really is a for two years. I really like this contract. It'll be interesting to see if he can make the Senators next season.
1: Yeah, well, it's one way for a young guy, and it's definitely it's a bit of a pruney deal again. Yeah, and for a guy who looks like he will, at the very least, be defensively solid, I have no problem with this.
0: No, I have no problem with this either. And if they put him at a third pairing role, limited minutes, just let us get let him get his feet underneath him in the because I think that's the one thing that certain teams I think they really fail to do with young defensemen is that they just throw them into the deep end yeah, and see if they can swim.
1: For sure. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how it goes. And then, of course, there's some defensemen that you could throw into the deep end and they just thrive. Like Jake Sanderson.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because I look back at Eric Carlson when we threw him into the deep end and he struggled at first, but I think it's... Also had a lot to do with the fact that Eric was very much a defensive liability. He just wanted to play offense.
1: Yeah. And and it didn't help that his partner was Philip Kuba.
0: Man, why do you get this, like... And, and
1: Sergey Gonshire.
0: I know. I mean, I'm, they're not Mark Mathai, but, you know, they're yeah. still good.
1: They're good guys, I guess.
0: No, we're gonna close out the sense signings, Tim, by talking about a signing here that honestly I'm interested to get your take here because I'm not exactly sure why they went after him. Zach McEwen signed a three-year, two point three two five million dollar contract with the AAV seven hundred and seventy-five thousand. The only reason I'm bringing this up, Tim, is because I look at some of the kids in the system right now, whether it be a Ridley Greg, a Parker Kelly. Certain players like this, I think they would have been suited for the role unless the Senators already have it in their minds. They're going to be full-time at each other's next year. I
1: What I'm thinking is Zach Zach McEwen, him and Giroux are buddies. Apparently, this was partially Giroux's idea. But he's also a face puncher for when Ryan Reeves is inevitably inserted into the Battle of Ontario. Like, that's it. That's all. It's unfortunate because I actually think that Austin Watson might have been the better hockey player.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? You don't get drafted in the first round for no reason. Yeah. Which I think would throw off a lot of people if you were to tell them Austin Watson got drafted in the first round.
1: I mean, I think that has to be one of our favorite factoids, you know? Do you yes. have a
0: favorite? Sorry, do you have a favorite NHL factoid?
1: Uh it's always Zdeno Chara having an exception on the stick length rule.
0: Oh, that is a good one. That is a good one. I like it. Uh do I have do I have a favorite one? That's what I gotta think here. Oh, I don't have one on off the top of my head, to be honest.
1: Hmm. But yeah, so I, I the only thing I can think of is he's a face puncher, but yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I would have kept, I would have kept Austin Watson if that was our play.
0: Yeah. It's the term. I don't care for the term for three years, but I guess for $775,000, it's an easy contract to bury. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, Tim, that wraps up the Ottawa Senators snooze, which can only mean one thing. Are you ready to play? agency price is right
1: are you ready for a bid idea that's just gonna go off the rails as soon as it starts
0: buddy I'm always here for that
1: and you're gonna be at my you're gonna be at my place of like a week and a half too so you could just rub it right
0: in that's true yeah man I'm gonna be in the Gen Z household yeah <laughs> be good so for those who are brand new listeners, hi, I'm Taylor. He's Tim. Preach a Price is Right. So basically how we do this every single season, we take the top five names on the board and we like to play Price is Right, is it? So for those who who are unaware of the Price is Right, basically what we do is that we guess the contract and whoever gets closest to the actual contract without going over wins.
1: All right, let's see how this goes.
0: Okay, starting off at the top of the board, defenseman Dimitri Orlov. I had four years, $7 million per with 28 total to the Seattle Kraken.
1: I had one year, $4 million to the Chicago Blackhawks.
0: Okay. And the winner... For Dimitri Olaf is. And... Tim.
1: <laughs> for a shitpost guess, it was pretty good. What was the actual contract, eh?
0: It was $7.75 million per for two years to the Carolina Hurricanes. So Tim's up one to nothing.
1: I was really surprised. I was surprised for a minute and then was completely unsurprised by this signing. Because this is just how Carolina operates. They're basically the hedge fund masquerading as a hockey team. So yeah, let's bring in the best uh, defender that we can. Ah, we will just cycle out an old asset.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I didn't see the Hurricanes picking them up because when I was looking at their defensive prospects, my first thought is... Sorry, breaking news here on the third line book sensecast. My dinner has arrived. Thank you.
1: Yo, is that nuggies?
0: It is the nuggies. Look at that. Oh yeah, nice. There you Did go. Did you get buddy. the Grimace shake? Let's shape? go. So, Dimitri Olaf. I mean, he's a guy that again, I didn't see the Hurricanes picking him up because when I was looking at their defensive prospects, my first thought was, I don't really know what need or role that fills. The only thing I could think of is that they want a replacement for Brent Burns, but Brent Burns is still here.
1: Well, Brent Burns is right D. Dimitri yeah, Orlov's a left the left D. Side, though. I guess, like looking at the seven defenders that Florida has acquired and are paying $30 million, you actually have a pretty reasonable lineup with uh, Orlov, Slavin, and Shea on the left, and Burns, Pesky, and one of Coughlin or Chad failed on a lot on the right.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: Carolina continues to have one of the premier defenses in the league.
0: Yeah, and it's just a shame that once they get to the Easter Conference finals, it just falls apart.
1: Yeah, they just they need to find a forward who can score. And they have three million dollars in cap space to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. No. Let's talk about Dimitri Olaf as a player. Personally for me I've always been one of the guys. I think he was a little bit overrated, in my personal opinion. Because honestly, for me, the way I look at it, it was like, yeah, it's easy to put up 20 plus assists a year when your teammates is Ovechkin and Backstrom. But I did see him when he went to the Bruins and I did think like, okay, maybe my opinion has changed a little bit here. But for me... The, the contract itself, and why I picked the Kraken is that, you know, I would have thought a team like Seattle, where I think they have like 7 or $8 million in Cassis, I would have thought they would have taken a chance to get him as a top pairing left-handed defense Yeah,
1: especially with Seattle making room by not qualifying strong. Mm-hmm. Or geeky. Those were moves that actually kind of surprised me.
0: Yeah, but it, you know what? It really goes to show what Ron Francis is capable of doing as a general manager, because... You look at some of the moves that he made with the Hurricanes when he was GM, and you're thinking, what the hell is he doing? He's not pushing this team forward. They're kind of, like, spinning their tires, and then he leaves, and the Hurricanes become elite.
1: Yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, it's, like, it's so weird because, like, last year was such an efficient year for Ron Francis Mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm wondering, maybe they just, maybe they find, they have $9 million, maybe they find space for Tatar. But this is a team that needed a bit of star power. Maybe they were trying to angle for, uh, to bring
0: it. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And honestly, Seattle did seem like a team that's going to go after him, but yeah. So I'm not too side. Yeah. So Tim Jensey is up one to nothing and our free agency price is right. But Tim, are you ready to go on and talk about the second player on the board? Let's go. Okay. The second player on the board is Ryan O'Reilly. I had three years at $5.3 million, 16 total to the Nashville Predators. Who did you have, Tim?
1: I had one year, $4 million. And can you guess who it was going to?
0: Nashville.
1: The Chicago Blackhawks.
0: <laughs> okay. So with that being said, Tim, you have your picks and I have mine. The actual contract is 4.5 per year for four I win. Yeah, you do. So, I don't
1: what what is Barry Trotz doing?
0: I I don't know. Honestly, I did I did think that Nashville made a lot of sense for Ryan O'Reilly because the Predators did buy out Matt Duchesne. On the other hand, I was really surprised they went after O'Reilly because
1: they bought out Matt Duchesne.
0: Exactly. And it looked like the Predators were going on Scorch Earth policy.
1: Yeah, like maybe they're just like, oh, we want to have a good locker room guy for when we rebuild this sucker. But they're going to rebuild this sucker. I'm surprised that UC Saros and uh, Roman and is still there. But then again, it's just really hard to trade anyone that has a contract right now. Yeah. So I'm a little yeah. surprised. I'm really surprised that they bought out Matt Duchesne, who still, who had probably one of his most productive last, like his last two years were basically a career re- renaissance, given how things kind of went off the wheels a bit in uh, Ottawa and Columbus.
0: Yeah. But he seemed to fit nicely in Nashville. Although, and I think I said it at the time when he made the signing, it didn't really make sense for him to go to Nashville. It didn't fill a need. But it seemed like when Kyle Turris went and his career ended, Patrick Shane came in. Now, we're talking about O'Reilly. The O'Reilly signing could be a high risk, given that he is coming off an injury-riddled season last year. However, he still put up 30 points in 53 games between the Blues and the Leafs.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of a wild, it's a wild signing. And, like, this is a weird forward group, too. Like, we got Ryan O'Reilly as the highest-paid forward at less than $5 million. And then you have Gustav Nyquist, who also had a bit of an entry run, Colton Sissons, Cody Glass, Yakov Trennan, Philip Tomasino, Yusuf Parson, and Tomas Novak. Mark Jankowski, Michael McCarran, Kiefer Sherwood, and Cole Smith. Like, how many of those names do you recognize?
0: Honestly, I was going to say this. If you were to tell me those were EA Sports computer-generated names for players, I would have believed you. There's like a handful of those names I recognize. Like Sissons I recognize, Glass I recognize. The rest of them, I would have thought that AI created
1: it. Yeah, like for something like Michael McCarron and Jankowski, I, I recognize. The funny one is Cody Glass. Has he, did he ever actually play any games for Vegas? Or is this another example of just Vegas trading away all their prospects?
0: Yeah, Vegas trading away prospects.
1: Oh, wait, he played some games for Vegas. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, about 50 of them. Hmm. Now you know.
0: The more you know, Tim, the more you know. Well, Tim, it's heating up here because we're tied one-to-one, heading off into the third player on the board, Tyler Bertuzzi. I had five years at six mil per for $30 total for the Boston Bruins. I swear to God, Tim, if you had Tyler Bertuzzi going to Chicago, I will – be very
1: upset. You want to guess what my guess is? You went to
0: Chicago again, didn't you? Do
1: you want to guess how much? How much? Four billion dollars for one year.
0: You're such an asshole. <laughs> the I told actual you contract this. was one year at five point five million dollars to Toronto. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I absolutely did not see the Leafs going after this.
1: This makes no goddamn sense. Even with all their LTIR, they're currently over the cap. They're going to have to trade someone. And nobody's going to take Matt Murray for less than a 1st Mm-hmm. And Samsonov isn't signed
0: yet. Honestly, I think the Leafs... What? Brad Tree living honestly should have spent more time trying to sign Samantha, Samantha try to get a new contract for Matthews, maybe make a trade for Nylander. If you have to Tyler Bertuzzi, sure. I guess he fits. It doesn't make any sense for the least, but he's going to be a good pickup for them.
1: And then Max Domi makes even less sense. You're taking what the Leafs were last year, a defensively, a team that couldn't play defense at the best of times and folded under pressure and just make them more of that. Like, I don't get it. And then giving Ryan Reeves 1.3 million, me oh my. Like, firing Dubis was a, like, I guess I said it at the time, Dubis wasn't the guy you fire.
0: No. I and mean, again, why was Shanahan not punished for this? Yeah,
1: Shanahan should have been gassed, and you should have gotten rid of Sheldon Keith while you're at it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But Tree Living is making a mess.
0: He is, he is. It's almost like the Leafs are bringing back Brian Burke.
1: Yeah, basically. And,
0: well, except I don't know Brian Burke. I think probably would have signed Ryan Reeves to like a three-year contract at three million.
1: Oh, so it's just been a higher U A A V. Yes. Because honestly, if we want to talk about uh, off-seasons, I actually think Cal Dubas has gotten off to a good start. Yeah. Like, uh, he's, kind, he's going to need to make a trade somewhere. And unfortunately, that Tristan Jari contract was unfortunate. The problem is, is I don't know where... Yeah, I don't know where uh, Pittsburgh finds $2 million.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. I I really don't. But for the Leafs, yeah, it's going to be a good pickup for the Leafs. Definitely needed that presence of throwing the body, getting points. But without the whole Michael Bunting losing his temper thing.
1: But that's that's not Max Domi.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm not even sure that's Tyler Bertuzzi, really.
0: Let's be honest. When it comes to Max Domi, how much of this really was they're signing the player versus just bringing him back to Toronto?
1: Oh, they're bringing the name in. And if you want to talk about defensive liabilities, that's Max Domi his entire career. Like, yeah, I don't understand that signing. Tyler Bertuzzi, good player. I I, I don't. I kind of see the fit, but I don't see it if you're going to have to get rid of you're going to have to get rid of someone, and unfortunately for Toronto, it might have to be Nylander.
0: Well, he has to be anyway, right?
1: Well, they'll probably try. Well, yeah, I guess there's no way they're getting him signed back next year.
0: No. Now, I do have a bit of a hot take here, Tim, and I want to get your take on this. Tyler Pertuzzi is going to have a big year with the Leafs. He becomes the top free agent next year. I can see that. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, yeah, he, the hard thing though with Tyler Bertuzzi is his, his ability to finish it comes and goes. He is a very good, he's very like, we've seen him play in Detroit for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's very good in the corners and getting pucks, getting pucks deep. So like that will be appreciated in Toronto. Yeah. I could see him having a bit here. But it's like, I don't see, I don't think, I don't think Toronto got better.
0: No, instead of going up, they just went like this.
1: Yeah, so I could see another, like, depending who they match up with, I don't think they make it out of the first round. No. Well, it's like, I think, we don't know what Boston is just yet. I think Detroit got better, but Detroit's not good enough. I, I actually really don't know what the hell like Iserman's doing. We'll see what Tampa has. The thing is, is like Toronto might just skate in because the Atlantic is a big question mark. Buffalo probably just gets better with age.
0: Yeah, I think Buffalo is going to be one of these teams next year that... Honestly, I think if I see two teams from the Atlantic making the playoffs next year, Buffalo is going to be one of them. Yeah, Buffalo is going to be one of them, and Ottawa is going to be the other.
1: Yeah, I could like. It's hard to say if Ottawa's better than they. I think. It's
0: well, hard to gonna, say
1: if Ottawa's better than they were last year.
0: Well, they're going to get a healthy Josh Norris. Josh Norris, guy. yeah. You're going to get, I think Jonas Corposalo, I think gives the team a bit more confidence. Because, okay, you signed this guy long-term. This isn't like a Cam Talbot where you only had him maybe one year. That's true. Yeah. Now, before we head off and talk about the fourth player on the board, let's talk about Tyler Bertuzzi with the Bruins. Because, you know, Boston, they made a couple of moves. They traded Taylor, Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno. They opened up some cap space. I'm kind of surprised they didn't try to go after him. But then again, I guess when they're trying to re-sign Jeremy Swayman – there's still the question mark of whether Patrice Bergeron and Krejci wants to come back next year. Maybe they're like, okay, well, we'll cut our losses with Bertuzzi.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, pick Morgan Geeky was a nice, low, low-risk pickup. Chances are, I wouldn't be surprised if Krejci and uh, Bergeron come back, they just take matching $1 million contracts. So all of a sudden, yeah, Boston has everyone they need. They have 13 forwards. And they might not actually be that diminished compared to last year. Yeah,
0: because really all they lost was Orloff and Bertuzzi.
1: Yeah. And then it's kind of bringing back Milan Lucci, which is a kind of a feel-good story. Yeah. James Van Riemsdyk at a million dollars, not a big deal. Nope. Morgan Geeky at $2 million is just a nice little pickup. Like, that is that is an upgrade. And what's nice is, like, for Boston at least, is they managed to do all this without having to dump Matt Grizzlick or Derek Forbert.
0: Yeah. Now, when it comes to Jeremy Swayman, do you think they might have to dump either one of those guys to get the Swayman under the cap?
1: I don't think so. You could probably give him one or two years at $4 mil- You could give him $4 million and still fit under the cap assuming Bergeron and Krejci take $1 million contracts. So yeah, I don't, there's no need to panic with Swayman.
0: Okay, Tim. So let's move on and talk about the fourth player on the board with you having a two to one lead, Matt Dumba. I had six years at $8 million, $48 million total to Arizona.
1: Who do you I have, have one year, $4 million. To the Chicago Blackhawks.
0: Again with the fucking Blackhawks, Tim. I, swear, I, I, I you, re- you really are the human version of the troll face. Right now, yeah. You get
1: where I'm coming from with this bit, right?
0: Yeah. No, day, I totally get it.
1: The day before, Reed, sorry, the day of, it was just, oh, here's all these players that Chicago's getting the rights to. Oh, they signed identical $4 million contracts, Nick Foligno-Taylor. Just the I'm like, you know what? This is gonna be a third line plugs bit.
0: I love you and I hate you at the same time. <laughs> and you know what? I can't give any points off of this one because as of recording. Unsigned. Still out there. Yep. Yeah. He could what? still
1: sign his dream contract. Nick Felidio, his Nick Felidio Perry, Corey Perry matching one million, sorry, one year, four billion dollar contract. It could all be his Tay.
0: Been yours, I still have to deal with you. No, it's all right. <laughs> You're an ass. I love you, bro.
1: Hey, right now, Chicago only has four defensemen. And so, one of them is Nikita Zaitsev.
0: Oh, good Lord. Good, <laughs> good Lord. So actually, let's talk about Matt Dumba here. Now, Matt Dumba is going to be a really interesting player for me when he does get signed. Because, well, I am going to give him the longer contract. He's going to be a guy where, because he's still on the market, it's going to be, okay, do you sign shorter to go to contender, or do you get the money?
1: Well, I think, yeah, he's probably going to make the Klinkberg play. Who, also, why did Toronto sign Klinkberg? That's such a bad signing. But uh, I think you go short, but Matt Dumba's another guy. He fell off, and... He didn't win himself any friends in the playoffs. No. So I could see him uh, definitely uh, being the sort of guy who uh, makes a bit of an agent shakeup at the end of the, sorry, at the end of this season, this off season here.
0: Now, some people might be asking, okay, Ted, well, why did you choose Arizona? Two reasons. Gap space and he'll be their top pairing defenseman. Pretty much. That's all. And I know that Arizona, I think from what I was reading, is like, what are the only teams linked to him right now? Because you go through some of the teams, and I'm just like, who would need a right shot top four defenseman right now?
1: And can afford him.
0: Yep. That's going to be the big question mark for me.
1: Especially because he was not good over the past two years in Minnesota.
0: No, especially offensively, where you saw that big dip, where I think he only had 14 points last year.
1: Yeah. On $6 million, ain't happening.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the score is still at two to one for Tim. And we're going to head off the fifth name on the board. And I know you are completely going to disagree with this name Patrick Kane. I have three years at three mil, nine mil total. Chicago. Guess what I got. Let me guess. One year, four million Chicago. Yep. Well, again, we cannot give out any points because he's also unsigned as a recording. Nah, I'm not surprised.
1: I'm not either. He didn't do a lot in New York.
0: No. And I think for me, I know I'm probably not alone in this. I think he's going to go back to Chicago.
1: I wouldn't be surprised, but the guy's washed.
0: Yeah. And I know that with the Blackhawks right now, I could see Patrick Kane going back to Chicago, but then again, I could also see Jonathan Tate going back too, if he decides to come back.
1: Yeah. If he's health, if his health allows it, but yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm no big cat Patrick Kane fan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You never have.
1: Never really sparked joy. But the other thing is, is there's just no somehow there is no space for Patrick Kane on the Blackhawks. Because they already have 13 forwards. And that's not even counting the guy they just drafted in Connor Bernard. Like, where does he go? I don't Do know. you like shunt Boris Kach... well? I guess like Cole Gut. You have one guy whose waivers exempt and one unsigned arbitration eligible RFA. I guess like maybe you shunt like Boris Kachuk down or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh maybe one of these guys becomes just a random. He could be one of your defensemen. Who knows?
0: Who knows? And I think for me, like I said, I, I'm sticking with I see him going back to Chicago. Another team, and I was very on the fence, whether to include them, maybe Buffalo. Because he's from there. Yeah, that could be fun. It would be fun. But, again, I'm not, I'm not surprised he's not signed as a recording. I think he is going to go back to Chicago.
1: Yeah, we'll We'll see how much money he actually gets, though.
0: Very much so. So, Tim, that wraps up our 2023 Free Agency Prices right game, with you holding a two to one lead as of recording. Now, of course, when Doba Duba or Dumba and Kane both get signed, we will tally up and we will give an update on that. Now, before we head off into the close, Tim. Is there any signings that we didn't talk about that you quickly want to talk about?
1: Um, no, I think I'm good. Uh, is there anything that was funny? Uh,
0: nothing. Oh,
1: Philip Zedina. Well, let's talk Philip Zedina.
0: Okay. Philip Zedina. So Philip Zedina, for those who don't know, he got bought out from the Detroit Red Wings when the, The breakout trade talks were happening with the Red Wings. There was a lot of talk that Sedina would be the guy going back to Ottawa for him. That didn't happen in, I think he was in his first, just finished his first year of his new contract and the Red Wings bought him out.
1: Yeah. He demanded a trade, no trade coming. And this is actually outside of the buyout window. This was a contract termination. And then he ended up getting picked up by the San Jose Sharks.
0: Yeah, $1.1 million for next year. The big thing for me with Philip Sedina being having his contract terminated is I, I understand that, yes, he demanded the trade, didn't happen. I wonder how much he pissed off Eisenman for that to happen. Because generally with terminations, you have to do something very, very bad. For this to happen. Like, for a, for a
1: one-way him. termination.
0: Yeah.
1: For a mutually agreed termination, they do happen for lesser. But he must have pissed off Iserman. And the weird thing about Zadina is that he kind of fits into that Tyler Bertuzzi mold. So this might actually be an underrated pickup for San Jose. Like, he's a guy who can play in the corners, set up expected goals, and is somewhat defensively responsible, or is started to grow into that. Just can't score.
0: No, and I know that coming into the draft, all, like, the five teams that passed on him says, oh, yeah, I'm going to fill their nets with all those pucks. It never happened. And I never even happened. commented on social media about this. I says, imagine when Senators fans were upset that we passed on him for Brady.
1: Oh yeah, like the biggest apologize to Pierre Dorian moment was taking Brady Kachuk. Yeah. But honestly, no real bearing here is San Jose. This is a nice pickup for San Jose.
0: It is a very nice pickup for San Jose. And the only side I really want to talk about, and we're going to move in from the Bay Area to talk about Los Angeles, California. Anze Kopitar, two years, $14 million. 7 mil per.
1: Honestly, it's kind of crazy that he's still playing as well as he is at 37.
0: Yep. He's still healthy. He's still durable and he's still good.
1: Yeah. Like he's going to be their first or second center until he's 40.
0: Yeah. And I know it's even like, we talked about this last time, Tim, with the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, it's, is going to have themselves a nice, nice center court right there where you have Kopitar, Dubois, and Quentin Byfield.
1: But this could also just move Byfield to wing if they so choose.
0: Yeah, but it is going to be nice to see that Anze Kopitar at least is going to retire in L.A.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I don't think it would have happened any other way.
0: No, especially nowadays when you see these star players that they get to a certain age and the teams let them go. It's nice to see guys that get scouted, drafted, develop, and retire with one team.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: we've had a decent
1: number of those with Ottawa.
0: It is true, but we've also seen our share of star players walk out the door.
1: Yeah, for no good reason.
0: Very much so, Tim, very much so. So, Tim, do you have any more comments you want to make on this episode before we head off into the close for another episode?
1: Uh, no.
0: Really? You're not going to make any bet about one year four mil?
1: No, no, I think we've exhausted that bit. It went better than I thought.
0: It was actually pretty fun. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the third line plug, SenseCast. I hope you've enjoyed it, because believe me, Tim and I... Love recording it for you. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, as well as on Twitter, Instagram, and now on Threads at Third Line Plug. I am on all of them except for Threads at Great White Gibster. Tim is only on Twitter currently at M901Honey Badger. So, yeah, that was a fun prizes right game, Tim. And you know, it's a shame that we didn't get all five players, but. Currently you have the lead at 2-1.
1: Yeah. We'll get her done.
0: We'll get her done, man. We will get her done. Or is this
1: gonna be like the time like every time that it it never completes and then we just forget about it?
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like when we got to the fourth and fifth players, I was just like, Yeah, that's probably how it's gonna pan out. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, guys. I am your host, Taylor Gibson.
1: And this has been Tim Go,
0: Goes.